Before we begin, all stories and experiences shared are not representative of any group or people. Each are personal and unique. All the articles and videos used in the making of this episode are available with the transcript. The link is in the description. Welcome to the very first episode of Let's Debunk It. I'm your host, Doreen. On today's episode, we will be exploring and understanding cultural appropriation. It is something that has been talked about in media, and you may have even come across it in your life. It's a little complex, but stay tuned as I dive into the topic. Hi everyone, and welcome. Welcome to my new podcast. It's a new beginning and I couldn't be more excited to be starting with this topic, this podcast, and this year. It's no lie that 2020 was literally a year that went to the dogs, but I'm optimistic for 2021. Final year, final semester. You would think this is not the best time to really be starting anything. I should probably just finish my degree and forget about it, but here we are anyways. This is gonna be such a big year for me as my life will be changing so much and feel free to follow that journey. Living the life I have, there are a lot of times where I didn't know whether I was appropriating or appreciating culture. This is not a new topic, I'm not the first person to think of it, but it's just that people are talking about it more and the conversation has gone more mainstream. By mainstream, I mean more influencers, more celebrities are getting in trouble because people are realizing, oh wait, that's, that's not that's not correct. The music industry, food, fashion, even exercise, to name a few, have come under scrutiny because it's so common for cultures to be stolen from the benefit of looking cool or making money without respecting the origins or history. There's so much to unpack, so let's debunk it. When it comes to cultural appropriation, there's so many factors that we have to consider externally before we can really dive into how it is a problem that anyone from any race or culture can fall into. When you grow up in a culture that is already rich in itself, cultural appropriation is not really discussed. For example, I grew up in Ethiopia. Observing my life there, Ethiopia is a place that is so rich in its own culture, so there really is no need for them to like take some random culture, market it, to their people, I mean, they have enough of their own. But if you wanna talk about like counterfeit goods and not costs, that's a problem on its own. In fact, that's a whole entire episode on its own. So in countries where generally there's a lot of culture, it can be hard to grasp what cultural appropriation really is, especially if you are someone who hasn't had the opportunity to leave your own country. The reason I'm so familiar with it is because I went to international schools, I had diverse friend groups, and I traveled a lot as a kid. So bear with me, as I guide you through this topic and hopefully we could all understand what it really is. To start, let's define what cultural appropriation is. I came across a multitude of definitions that really fit it, so let's dive into each. The first is the earliest definition from 1945 from the Oxford Living Dictionary and it says the unacknowledged or inappropriate adoption of the customs, practices, ideas, etc. of one people or society by members of another and typically more dominant people of society. Though 
let's dive just a little bit deeper so we can really clarify what it is and you guys can go away sounding like the smartest people on this planet so another definition i found was culture appropriation can be expressed as people picking and choosing what they like from other cultures that are not their own because they think it's trendy cool and they could make some money off of it i feel this is the definition most people are familiar with but i feel it's still a little bit shallow so let's take another step forward so to add further it is essentially misrepresenting and disrespecting marginalized culture so this part definition and the definition that i read just before are the ones that are very commonly known so now we've got the idea of okay this is culture appropriation people picking and choosing from pe other people's cultures but then what is culture have you ever asked yourself that what is your understanding of culture when i tried to answer this question my response was like the stuff indigenous people do or the stuff that makes a certain group of people cool or stand out so when i decided to find the definition that actually makes sense i came across this british researcher called raymond william he did a much better job of trying to define what it is i had to watch a couple of youtube videos to really grasp what he was trying to say but now you can hear my personal attempt as sounding as smart as him but it's so cool culture can be broken down into three separate realms though they all work together and build off of each other so we have the part of culture that is internal these are ideologies the parts of culture that we can't touch a great example of this is religion religion in itself is definitely a culture although it may not always be shown outwardly People can share a set of values and beliefs and hence shape or inspire a culture. For example, in the Sikh religion, they maintain the five articles of faith, also known as the five Ks. One of the Ks is Kes, which translates to long uncut hair. So they don't only wear turbans because that is what the gurus in the religion passed down to them, but they also do this to keep their hair neat. This is an example of a shared belief that one must not cut their hair as a sign of faith. They don't have to be in the temple to show this value, so to say they wear it everywhere day to day. But then that is within Sikh culture. The second realm is the shared way of life. So this could be cultures done in your family or community to literally the entire world. These are aspects of life that every human shares, like eating food, working, sleeping, etc. Though the question comes in on what food, when do we eat? how do we eat this can be defined by the people you're surrounded with one example i experienced in my household growing up is we would use forks and knives to eat and then spoons were reserved for desserts and soups when i came to malaysia for university they usually serve food with a fork and a spoon and it's done by everyone and that's just a part of their culture you see this mainly because of the kinds of foods that are eaten in this country if you're going to have a bowl of noodles it honestly makes more sense to have a fork and a spoon than a knife and a fork. You get my vibe here. Now we come to the third realm, and this is the one that most people are familiar with. And this is the realm that gets appropriated the most. This is cultural production. These are the things we can touch, taste, or see. So this is the stuff that I referred to as really cool or make people unique and different and even distinguishable in some respects. We're talking about lots of the artsy stuff, which is like music, art, dance, clothing, hair, and just how the group of people or culture are represented in media as well as amongst themselves. 
So now we have the collective idea of what culture is. Through the entire explanation, I hope you notice that cultural ownership is shared by so many people it can become very ambiguous as to who's responsible for what and who do you go to for what. I can take a guess at what you're thinking. If culture is owned by a group of people, why don't that said group of people decide to just copyright it the same way you can copyright a song or a book or you know all these other things that can be patented under creative copyright acts that's the thing as people evolve so does culture because schools of thought and practices change over time if culture was not progressive many groups of people would still remain oppressed in fact many people still are oppressed due to certain cultures and practices if culture didn't change let's be blunt here if culture didn't change slavery would probably still be legal women may not even have the freedoms or the rights that they have now the lgbtq plus community would be no closer to gaining equal rights that's why we see some groups struggling more than others to accept new societal norms that have been set. Like how religious groups actively are against abortions. Their backup is set in religious books that they follow. Those books were set thousands of years ago and hence sometimes are not really able to apply to, you know, situations that are happening currently. When it comes to things of religion and whatnot, I honestly just say it's either clear cut in your book or it's up to your own personal evaluation. Either way, do not forget your humanity at the door when you make these kinds of decisions or when you talk to people. With this explanation, we can go back to the topic at hand cultural appropriation. Now that we can see there are different parts that make up culture, we can focus on cultural production. So the artsy music stuff. This is the tier that is usually appropriated. Since they are tangible, it's easy to separate people from the culture that is being appropriated. So it's easy to wear someone else's traditional clothing and completely ignore the history behind it. So we're gonna take a short break, but after that, we will dive in further into how cultural appropriation happens, some examples, and even discuss a little bit more on cultural appreciation. Vibe with me. I have created a playlist for you to jam to in your free time. It's available on Spotify, Apple Music, and YouTube. I listen to pretty much everything, so you're bound to find something you vibe to. It's called the Let's Debunk It Mix. Links to all playlists are in the show notes. As a black person from various African countries, honestly, I've just had to make my peace when it comes to cultural appropriation because a lot of my stuff gets appropriated every single day and I don't have the mental or physical energy to always engage and call people out like, you're wrong! Because you call out one person, you have to like wait for the line of like a hundred others who are doing the same thing. It gets exhausting. But over time, I guess I've just become so desensitized to the appropriation of my culture. And I find it so comedic sometimes, the way some people try to implement culture. And I'm talking about like fashion when they tried to put braids in and they wouldn't even put them in properly. And you're just seeing these lace fronts and they're just doing the most. Oh God, oh God. In fact, um, a moment that I really loved from last year in 20 I mean I didn't really love it because I mean it was during the Black Lives Matter movement but it was when these European heads of state decided oh my gosh we're gonna stand with Black Lives Matter and like just to show these people 
how much we care we're gonna pick random articles of traditional african clothing and just like drape it on our shoulders and then we're gonna put a fist up <laughs> i sent that picture to my mom and she was so confused she was just like where did they find those things and and do they even know that african africans and african americans are like they're the same but very different people but yeah, aside from my culture being hijacked, I see it happen to many other minorities too. I think back to like, what, 2019? Two years ago. Whoa, two years ago. Oof. When Kim Kardashian tried to patent the Japanese word kimono for like her shaper brand, but like I understand it was a play on her name, like Kimoji. But honestly, when everything was going down on Twitter, I was thinking, Kimberly. Why are you thinking like this? How do people in general just willingly do this? Everyone knows that kimonos are Japanese and yet someone in a position of higher power tried to take it. Same as when Disney tried to trademark Day of the Dead. So a little crash course here. Disney tried to patent the phrase, now forgive me if I absolutely butcher this, Dia de los Mucheros, which means Day of the Dead in 2013. Pixar, one of Disney's babies, was in the works of creating a movie that would be set during this two-day Mexican holiday. This is a holiday that reunites the living and the dead, hence Day of the Dead. Disney, I need to ask, you wanted to trademark a Mexican holiday? Like, make it make sense. It's like them trying to patent Hakuna Matata. <laughs> I low-key began to side eye Coco for a little while. It's kind of sad, actually. But from all the examples that I have given you guys, Hakuna Matata, the Day of the Dead, Kimonos, these, this, the phrases, the words have been around way longer than the people who are trying to take ownership of them. In fact, the people trying to take ownership of them are so far removed from the culture itself. But why do people do this? Why do people think this is okay? then this brings to light a very important issue of power versus culture because you're in a place of higher authority does that give you the right to take and market other people's culture so we've already touched on how culture is collectively owned by a community and not just one person so this brings us to the root of appropriation when people are in a position of power or dominant culture they're able to take parts of marginalized culture moving it away from its original meaning and using them for entertainment or financial gain. I bring to the court Catherine Elizabeth Hudson, AKA Katy Perry. I mean, she did help shape like the early 2010s pop. Like she owned us for a good three, four years. I mean, Teenage Dream, the album on repeat, please, please. I love that album. But can we discuss the music video for Dark Horse? I was perplexed. I was befuddled, gobsmacked, absolutely surprised. She made one mention in her lyrics of the song. It says, make me your Aphrodite. Someone explained to me how we ended up in ancient Egypt. How did we time travel, madam? How? This is a classic example of cultural appropriation because Katy Perry is in the position of power. She's a really well-known pop idol that many people, especially young children, look up to. Not only that, she's a cis white woman, so she is 
soaked in privilege. I don't even know where to begin with the disrespect that is given to ancient Egyptian culture. And this remains another issue on its own. Like, honestly, we can do an entire documentary. I could spend days explaining to you guys. We've done the ancient Egyptians so badly. I mean, where do you even begin? It's that people are literally opening the coffins of dead people found in pyramids. Or the whitewashing of their people in media. Or the fact that Western pop culture has essentially ruined the entire image of Egyptians altogether. It's so common for dominant cultural people and a higher power to make fun of marginalized culture. This then creates a double standard. I feel out of everything the cultural appropriation entails, like all the negative stuff, this is the part that infuriates me the most. It absolutely makes my blood boil. I do consider myself lucky growing up on the African continent because hair was never really an issue for me. Sure, when I went to boarding school, they would give us the most random hair rules and they think that everyone's hair just grows out of their head black, but honestly, we're humans, we're unique. It grows out black, it grows out brown, light brown, dark, I mean, guys, we're diverse. We are diverse. And people need to start appreciating that. But oh well. Minus that, if you wanted to have braids for work, braids for school, it was tidy, it was neat. No one was gonna fight you. Though, I know in the United States, that's not necessarily the case. I mean, minus the childlike wonder that non-black people everywhere have for 4C hair, people would be turned down from jobs because of it. In fact, pause this podcast and Google unprofessional hairstyles. I'll wait for you. And then go to images. That's right. If your hair isn't straight and silky, then it's considered unprofessional in some cases. Now, it's not all the states. In fact, it's not even representative of the entire world. But I highlight this because I am a black woman. Any form of braids and dreadlocks is considered unprofessional, supposedly. I don't know why, but I mean, it looks neat. I mean, yes, there are people who keep their hair very unkempt, but that's not specifically the black community. Anyone can have terrible hair. It's just a fact of life. But if you're really expecting like a very professional corporate, like you want to be a secretary, you want to be a lawyer, you want to be CEO, you want to be water, water, water. Oh, well, it's not, it's not, probably not going to be up your alley because people will think, nah, man, your head. Nah, it's okay. You can't get the job. Now, this would be fine and dandy. Okay, let's be honest. It's, it, this is just, this is just an example. This would be all right if anyone from any walk of life was scrutinized for this particular hair choice. So if Asian people, white people, black people are all scrutinized for having braids, okay. If everyone is scrutinized for having dreadlocks, fine. Fine. I, I, I think like I would have less of a problem. But in 1979, when an actress called Bo Derek, a cis white woman might I add, had cornrows in a movie, it somehow became trendy and edgy. Many people jumped in on this trend. In fact, some people still call them the Boderic braids. Let that sink in. This thing, braids, traditionally for black people, are now Boderic's idea. Oh God. Someone come to the front and explain this nonsense. Somebody. And not even that. This created 
a gap of black people who would maybe braid hair for let's say $20 and then take that, compare it to a stylist in a higher upper end salon who might have no idea where braids originated from or whose hair they're meant from and they could easily charge their customers 200 bucks for this spicy new boderic look. And this is just for example, these aren't actual figures, but this is honest comparison. And this is despite the fact that cornrows are not actually that great for people with naturally straight or silky hair. But okay, humor me and let all your hair fall out. Please and thank you. <laughs> I know that example is quite old, but it still stays true till this day. Non-black people are able to make twice the amount, if not more, for braids than the actual black community that struggles. And I've always found that very funny to me. Like, make it make sense. I mean, look at fashion. Something that could locally be made for like 10 bucks. Slap a brand on it. And you probably even never heard of the country or the people that the style originates from. And it would suddenly cost 500 bucks. I want to fight the air, you guys. I want to fight. And that's what I hate. People get laughed at for their own culture and traits and the same people doing the laughing are the same people making money off of them but this reminds me of the human zoos back in like the early 1900s a little history lesson here people who are deemed primitive and barbarians so these are like what the aborigines africans you know you know you know the people okay unfortunately we know the people i mean the real barbarians are you know the white people but i uh, we we can't we can't say that out loud <laughs> so basically these quote-unquote barbarians were put in human zoos across europe and the united states people would go to these zoos to be entertained and laughed at these people for how they looked or how they chose to live their lives from there we get to the era of people boycotting and protesting the zoos and then this in turn was one of maybe multitudes of reasons that colonization ended the protesters began to see the zoo people as just regular people and then realized how wrong everything was that was quite the tangent but moving away from that, I want to emphasize that anyone from any walk of life can appropriate culture. I know most of the famous ones and notably the most popularized ones are from cis white people. And I mean, they do control everything. So obviously the spotlight is on them more. But the same way anyone can be racist, anyone can be homophobic, anyone can be a terrorist, is the same way anyone can culturally appropriate. Yes, the layman on the street can appropriate. Same as the presidente, they can appropriate too. And the example I'm about to give, it pains my heart. I wanted to cry a little bit as I wrote the script and had to put down the most glorious name in the world, Queen Bee. I am talking about Beyonce. Yes, Beyonce, the one who runs the world. <sighs> I love that woman to death. But the music video for him for the weekend, which she did with Coldplay and whatnot. <sighs> Deep sigh, guys. Deep, pained, stressed out, tired sigh. Looking back, like as an adult now looking back at the video, I was like, they were so wrong for that. I even looked at the lyrics to see if there was any indication of Indian culture whatsoever and there was nothing. Now Beehive, please don't come for me for this because I'm just being honest. I want to sit here and be like, okay, I love you B, 
but that music video was not the correct direction. I also love Coldplay, but I'm sorry, you guys. That was not the correct direction to go. You cannot use Indian culture as an aesthetic for a music video. It means something to people. It really does. And the same way people were up in arms when Selena Gomez did the exact same thing with Come and Get It. I feel that's just important to correct our idols no matter how much we love and adore them. In fact, I would argue, if you truly love and care about someone, you would be willing to correct them so that they can be better people. Like, it's just logic. But oh well, I mean, some people, mm. <laughs> So this is one of the many things that we can do to combat cultural appropriation. After this mini break, we will speak more on the solutions to this issue that we can do in our day-to-day -day lives, as well as some side notes that I had about the whole topic. As a young creative, I want to be able to continue to bring the best quality to you as well as share some of my knowledge. Subscribe to my Patreon to get episodes early, bonus episodes that would be available exclusively on Patreon, vote for upcoming episode topics, shoutouts, promotional time, exclusive footage, as well as tips and tricks on writing and photography. Starting at just $1 a month helps support me in my work. One thing I would really like to emphasize is that people are drawn to different cultures and aesthetics and it's okay to admire and love it. I mean, it's the same way my favorite food is sushi, literally. Like sushi as a delicacy is the best thing I've ever tasted in my life. Teriyaki chicken? Way to my heart. <laughs> and I've always found Southeast Asian garbs so beautiful. Culture. I feel culture in itself is so beautiful and we should honestly all be in awe at how beautiful each people group is to the next. How we are able to create and do magnificent things as humans. For example, the tattoos done by the Maori tribe in New Zealand called Takamoko, if I butchered that I'm absolutely sorry. Those tattoos are so beautiful and I've always loved and admired them. Now, would I want to get a tattoo like that done on my body? Absolutely! Sign me up! Where can I go? But this is what's important. What's the significance of this tattoo? And can I actually go out and get this done for myself? And the truth is, yes, I can get it done. I can take a picture, I can get all the symbols correct, I can go to a random tattoo parlor, show the tattoo artist saying, yep, this is what I want, pay, then they would do it for me. But this is what I feel a lot of us need to start doing. It took me about five minutes to look up more information on these kinds of tattoos. I realized quickly that these tribal tattoos have deep sentimentality for the people and are also quite sacred to them. They have an abundance of meaning such as strength, family, travel. So the question now comes, can I, someone who is not Maori, get them? And the answer is no, I can't. A non-Maori cannot get these tattoos done because it would be direct disrespect to their culture. The wear of these marks and symbols is telling a story about their genealogy as they use landmarks and ancestral symbols to depict their tribal affiliations and social standings. So now me, as an outsider, just getting them because I think it looks cool or beautiful? Are we beginning to see how it's, it can be a problem? Now, not all culture is as rigid or as specific as that. Regardless, we need to be respectful and willing to do our own research. Not just me as a person, but this extends to big brands and corporations too. We should consult people 
of that culture. We need to talk to people before we decide to just use their artifacts and aesthetics. If you can listen to this podcast, that already means you have access to Google. Just search it up, guys. It's really not that hard. Spend five or 10 minutes just looking stuff up to make sure that we get things correct because as someone it hurts me when people just take my culture out of context and then use it anyhow i might not practice my culture but i know to some extent it's important to me i don't know give or take but even to other cultures that have been oppressed in the past that have had a struggle and then this other group that may have not had the same struggle just decides i'm gonna take that make money off of it man it hurts and furthermore if you are inspired by an art style instrument sound etc don't hesitate to add the origin story and inspiration if i was into making music in the style of traditional chinese music the bare minimum anyone could do is acknowledge the history behind it and the people who created it now anyone can share and do things as long as they know its roots it's only a problem when people start pretending like they invented something that came from another culture now that's straight up disrespectful and now you're just being a thief how are you gonna steal culture hmm? tell me taking time to learn and understand what you're drawn to and then incorporating it into your life is absolutely all right we can learn their languages learn their history or buy their art emphasis on buy from the actual people because you know how western museums have been making money off of artifacts that are stolen from countries they colonized that's another discussion to go with the human zoos in ancient egypt the point is support people in the culture they produce especially if they're using it for monetary gain i'm talking about the small ethnic restaurants you see i'm talking about the clothing shops that sell ethnic clothes although a side note with clothing make sure you you know you ask around and you know the significance of what you are actually buying and don't just buy it and wear it as a halloween costume i will side eye you the whole world will look at you like you're an idiot but anyways <laughs> the real solution honestly is being gracious and respectful enough to honor other people and their culture and before i end the episode i have some side notes that i thought were very important that i really couldn't fit in somewhere so yeah We know that culture doesn't belong to one single person. So if one person from a group is fine with it and another is offended by it, they have a right to feel how they feel. It's their culture, not yours. My favorite example of this was last year when Adele did Bantu Knots. Honestly, the best moment ever. Black Twitter and Instagram, they were all up in arms. Everyone was like, Adele, what are you doing? Come on. But homegirl was going to the Notting Hill Carnival that honors Caribbean heritage, arts, and culture. If anything, she was just just fine for the occasion, in my opinion. Another point to make is that she doesn't dress like that to sell or make her music. She just went there in celebration of people dressed like that. As a black person, I could comment, but then I'm not Caribbean, so I left it to them to decide. But then from what I saw, it just became a whole entire meme. The entire community was just laughing and having a great time. So, if you were part of the group of people who were offended by it, I don't know what to say to you, but okay, vibes. You do you, boo. You picked your struggles. Another side note is that assimilation and appropriation are not the same thing. Now, cultural assimilation can be described as a process by which a minority integrates socially, culturally, or politically, that's a lot of (laughs) alis, into a larger dominant culture and society. So when people ask why people straighten their hair, lighten their skin, why we wear jeans and t-shirts, it's honestly as a means of survival sometimes, especially back in the times of the colonizers. I haven't mentioned the colonizers a lot. You see, this is partially their fault if not all of it but i digress 
So basically, if you would wear animal skins, you were considered primitive. But if you wore a suit and tie, wow, you're classy. So not so not exactly the same thing. So my version of a simulation would basically be my time here in Malaysia where, you know, I speak English like this. And I quickly found out that a lot of people could not understand how I spoke English because one, I tend to speak quite quickly sometimes. And two, I slur a lot of my words in general. So what I did was slowed down how I spoke and then spoke English in the way that the people here would speak English as well as adopt a bit of their accent. Now, I'm not doing it to make fun of them. I'm just doing it to not be a difficult bunny. If they can understand me, I can understand them. We can all live in harmony. And that's a simulation for you. I'm not trying to make fun of them. I'm just trying to survive. These are my final remarks. As someone who does not really believe in or is really a part of any culture, I honestly think people should do whatever they want. Yes, there are very distinct traits about me, my heritage, but I just choose not to follow it because I don't want to be kept in that box of this is your culture and so hence this is how you need to act, this is how you need to dress, this is how you need to do A, B, C, D. Though I also do realize that, you know, the world does not revolve around me and my ideas. So instead of causing anarchy, I choose to respect people and their decision to be a part of culture, the significance of their culture. And if people love their culture, let them love their culture. Just because I personally don't care about my culture or for a culture in general, doesn't mean that I have the right to go around, spit on and disrespect people's heritage and all that good stuff. I mean, if you love your culture, you love your culture. And I'm happy that you love your culture. And I'm happy that it does so many great things for you. But it's also very important not to force culture onto people who don't really want to be a part of it. I mean, if they're being disrespectful, I mean, yes, correct them. But then like, if they're just like, hey, it's not for me. I mean, it's good for you. It's not for me. Leave them alone. But I do realize that that does draw the question. Like, what do I practice or what do I believe if I'm not really a part of culture? And honestly, I can just say I assimilate my way around life. And I've just been doing it for as long as I could remember. And it's just kept me out of trouble. So it's not a life for everyone because I personally feel that I'm quite comfortable in my own personhood and ideas and whatnot but if you're someone who is still trying to navigate their way through life and still really understand themselves i think my version of how i lead my life just assimilating my way around might be a bit difficult for you but hey it's not it's not too far off topic it's not too it's not too difficult so i mean vibes and that's the episode if you have any thoughts or ideas on this topic please hit me up on my social media or email me i would love to hear from you if there's anything you'd like to correct me on please 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 do so i really want to learn i really want to get things correct and i want to spread the correct information to people so yeah otherwise uh catch me in three weeks maybe we'll have a guest maybe we won't have a guest but yeah toodaloo and i hope this week is great for you Reach out to me on social media. You can find this podcast on Instagram at Let's Debunket Podcast. Feel free to email me at Let's Debunket at gmail.com. That is L E T S D E B U N K I T at gmail.com. If you didn't catch that, just check the show notes. 
If you enjoyed this episode or just like the podcast, be sure to give me a five-star rating and leave me a comment. And to make sure you never miss an episode, subscribe on whatever platform you are listening on. A special thank you to Chisanga for the awesome album art. If you would like to have yourself drawn in various animation styles, album artwork, or anything to do with graphics, his Instagram handle is at DVD underscore art. I will put that in the show notes in case you missed it. I recommend his services because he is timely, friendly, and overall an amazing artist.